Welcome to By George, an AD Players podcast here at the George Theater. I'm Miranda Zapst. I'm the marketing associate. And with me today, we have Joel Sandell, who is directing our first show of the 57th season, Forever Plaid. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm delighted to be here. Well, first off, uh, I want to just tell you that I am a why person. So um, the way that I explain it is like, I like to know everybody's why. Why do you do the things that you do? Sure. And so I know that you're Houston born, you've done a lot of acting. So mm-hmm. I just want to know what is your why? What got you into the theater to begin with? Uh, that's a really good, I've always been sort of a uh, theatrical type person yeah Um, people used to comment on that when I was a kid even when I was very young my father had a couple of albums that I played over and over again and one of them was uh, Patsy Cline's greatest hits okay and before my voice changed I could do the best Patsy Cline impression you ever heard in your life yeah and so I would I would actually sing Patsy Cline songs for babysitters Um, so I mean that's my the the impulse to perform has been there from a very, very early age. And and I'd never really intended to pursue acting or theater. I was gonna be a music major, or oh, I was okay. a music major actually for a, for a while. I started as an instrumental major on trombone and then went to a vocal major and decided that really wasn't the path for me. And so I ended up going into acting because it's something I'd always done because I'd enjoyed it. but. It, it's one of those things that, because it is not the most, well, actually nothing I've ever done has been a career that would make money, okay. but it's, it's of everything that I've wanted to do, it's acting is probably the least profitable. <laughs> so I, you just don't think of it as a career choice. And I, it was my father, interestingly enough, that uh, kind of planted the seed because I was kind of at sea. I, I'd been out of you know high school for a year or two years, and uh, the the music thing didn't work out, and I was down. Mm-hmm. And so he brought this brochure for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in Los Angeles, and he, and he said, "Is this anything you'd be interested in doing?" And and it was just sort of like a lifeline. And I thought, well, sure, why not? Yeah. And so I did it, and. That was kind of, uh, I always describe it as when I got there and was sort of among the actors, it was like, oh, I'm home. Mm. You know, it's like, these are my folks. I'd always thought the music people were my folk, but, and they still are to a degree. I have never really completely divorced myself from the music world, but the acting world, the people involved there really felt like the perfect fit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So the first real theater that I saw was at Sam Houston State. And my mother took me to their production of My Fair Lady in mm-hmm. 1973, I want to say. And it was like the classic story. It's like I went in as one person, I came out another. And it's sort of like the falling in love thing. You know, when you fall in love with somebody, they said the atmosphere changes. Yeah. When I left the theater that night, I felt the air was different. Wow. So it was, yeah, it changed my life. And so I was like, okay, this, I didn't realize how much that had meant at the time. Yeah. But. Um, now that this is what I'm doing, it's, it all kind of makes sense. Yeah. 
it's like it's everything fell into place. Exactly. That's yeah. incredible. I got my uh, degree in cinematography or in and cinematic arts. And so I know more of like the film world than sure. I do the theater world. Um, but I was lucky to know Jesse Grothelson, the marketing director here, and he offered me the position. And theater was something that I had always been interested in. Um, but when I was working in film, doing like second AD work or first AD work, assistant directing, it was the first time I was on a set like that in that position. I kind of had that aha moment of like, right. oh, this is where yeah. I'm supposed to be. And yeah. it's so fascinating because so many people don't understand. I mean, like you can tell that to somebody and they might not know exactly what you mean like oh they just brush it off that sounds cheesy but you really just have to go out there and you have to try so many things yeah. before you yeah. you find where you fit where you yeah. feel connected to what you're doing and other people and it does really feel so nice when you go oh yeah this, yeah this is it this is it yeah. I, I finally yeah i figured it out right so being an actor and then i know you don't necessarily have as much uh, directing work under your no. belt but what was that like coming from an actor's point of view and then coming into directing forever plaid well uh i was talking to some of my cast members after opening night mm -hmm. um and they were saying how much they'd appreciated the fact that i'd scheduled so much time for uh music rehearsal yeah. for this show mm -hmm. and i said well i think because I recognize as an actor with a show like this, where it's 22 songs in four-part harmony mm -hmm. that they had to learn in really, you know, we had just over three weeks before we opened. So wow. it was a very short rehearsal period. But I knew the music was paramount. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't even worry with staging until they had been through a week of music rehearsal which they really appreciated mm -hmm. so that my actor brain knew yeah. they needed that and i think that was one of the best things <laughs> in terms of, of being a director that I, I i was able to sympathize and empathize with what they were having to do no of course also just the you know there are not too many instances but there are certainly instances of um rehearsal situations that are not necessarily the most pleasant and mm -hmm. and, and i i knew it coming as like i want this to be you know full of joy and love that's what i wanted this experience to be and i told the guys first thing i said this is what this rehearsal is going to be mm -hmm. and if there's any problems please let me know and please bring your ideas i want everybody's ideas and i i don't want to be a dictator i just want to no, be here to help you find what you want to do mm -hmm. And so I think that too was, uh, I've learned a lot as an actor Yeah. to what I don't want. How you don't actor. want to be directed. Yes, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So that was, that was good too. And, uh, and then just having this show particularly because it's ideal. I've only ever directed two other shows and they were both two handers. So okay. they were easy put ups and they were not taxing okay. in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, this has a lot to it, but because so much of it, I mean, 90% of the show is the music. Yeah. And we have Jonathan Kraft, who is the best music director anybody could ever hope to have. Absolutely. He is responsible, as far as I'm concerned, for really the show. Hmm. Because without the music being as beautiful as it is, 
you don't have this show. Of course. And then Chesley Crone, who's my choreographer, did all of the great movement stuff, which is just delicious as well. Yeah. So she too. So I was really there just to, I, you know, I, I cast it mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, I judged the, the acting scenes and, you know, said, well, let's put them here and here for this particular moment. But for the most part, it's, it was Jonathan and then Chesley. And then I put myself in the third place in terms of what I contributed. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's definitely a team effort. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You talked about uh, telling your actors, like coming in with their own ideas and, yeah. and presenting how, yeah. if they had anything for the show. I heard opening night or preview night that uh, one of our, their, our cast, I think it was Charlie Metchling. Oh, that he, he jumped off the he stage. He jumped off stage, yes. Do you want to talk about that? Could you well, tell Charlie, me? Well, <laughs> Charlie, uh, I've got to say, uh, Charlie Metchling was in the group Straight No Chaser. Okay. And I don't know if anybody's familiar with that. I mean, a lot of people are, but if you're not, you should um, do a YouTube search on that because he was the base of that group for 14, 15 years, and he's he left them about a year and a half ago. Uh, and he was the first person I cast. Okay. Because he is Chesley Crone, my choreographer. He's her son-in-law. Oh. And uh, I was the first person that I w- was worried about casting was the base that mm-hmm. was a because there aren't many in the world anymore it's this okay. is a this is a very tenor tenor world in in musicals anymore so that's where you get a lot of okay so i was driving down chimney rock one day and it just dawned on me with charlie Metchling, he's in town now and i wonder if he'd do it and yeah fortunately he agreed but <laughs> the straight no chaser is a very sort of freewheeling uh all guy singing group okay and apparently this was kind of some of the shtick he would do during straight no chaser shows he would mm-hmm. jump off the stage and go up to audience <laughs> members and so at, at the preview when uh we're watching this thing and and all of a sudden charlie's off the stage and yeah. in the aisle it was uh thrilling for me mm-hmm. it scared hannah our stage manager something yeah. fierce because she didn't know what was going on um and i was perfectly happy to keep it in the show but I was advised that because there was a lighting element where he was jumping, uh, that it's not necessarily the safest thing. So yeah. I had to say, well, you, we can't. I'd love it, but you can't. Oh, okay. So he is now what he has done. And I think it's fine. He's um, finding places where he can go down into the audience from a, where, where he can walk down. OK, that's perfect. Because it is it is a nice thing where he can just kind of go up to folks and sing right to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's... Oh, and he's he's a, such a natural. Of course, he's had so many years of experience, so yeah. that just feels so organic mm-hmm. when he does it, and it's and it's so much fun. That's it. Yes, yeah, so that's what I heard. It was from Hannah, and she was saying that it was a, a safety issue because there yeah. was a light that he could have tripped yeah. over or something, and so. But I think the audience participation is is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, really, yeah. it it is a show, and that's one of the kind of shows that I love going to the theater for is when they're talking directly to you or they come right. out to right. you. It's just so immersive. Yeah. Well, and this show in its original conception was was like a nightclub. It was, it was oh, okay. like a, a cabaret thing where the the piano and drums or whatever would be just you know right there in front of you, and yeah. you know, there'd be like tables. Yeah. So it was it was created in that atmosphere. So mm-hmm. it was never really intended for a theater the size of the George. I see. But because Michael Mullins, our stage designer, has created this wonderful space that gives a sense of intimacy in that large house, uh, 
it really helps. And all of our guys seem to have a really, I didn't know this. I cast this on voice. Yeah. Because that was, when I went in, I said, you know, the, the, um, I don't care if they can act. I don't care. I, I want to know if they can sing okay. and how they sound together. And yes. when we find the four voices that sound the best together, we'll have our cast. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I didn't. And so we found them. Yeah. But what I didn't know was that each one of them was going to be such a natural in terms of the interplay with each other and with the folks in the house. Yeah. And that's just, that's a gift because... Mm-hmm. You don't ever really know about that kind of thing. And then the other thing that, that is interesting is that uh, apparently, inadvertently, mm-hmm. I've cast all four of these men uh, in characters who they basically are. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Chesley uh, was saying one day at uh, rehearsal because we were laughing about somebody that was doing something very in character. And she said, did you know you were casting the guy's in their two yeah. characters I was like no it was <laughs> it was just fortuitous so um when we were doing all of our like marketing for to the promote the show and yeah. we had our, our little skits of the um actors themselves like promoting yeah. in not the best ways right. um we were very hesitant because we've promoted shows in the past where we asked them to improvise or we asked them to go off the cuff. And a lot of people, especially in this world, aren't comfortable with that. Like they like to have a script. They like to know exactly where we're going. But this, this crew, they knew we told them our idea and like, okay, let's run with it. They just knew exactly where they were going. It really is a gift to be like that improvisational. Yeah. And, and I, I told the guys, I said, you know, it's, it's okay to let the show grow a little bit, but let's not. Yeah. (laughs) Keep it contained. Yeah. Because it's, uh, when you have people that are this creative Mm -hmm. and this, uh, have this ability to sort of fly with the moment, um, it could get, it could go pretty far afield. I see. So it's like, it's just, you know, keep it within the parameters of what we set, but you can play within that parameter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they are exploring that. And, and so it's fun to see. I love the portion when they, they have an audience member actually come up to the stage right, and yeah. have them play the piano. Yeah. What was that? Was that a you decision? Was that a company decision? No, it's, well, it's in the it's part of it. Okay. Yeah. And what we had to create in the show, mm-hmm. because the original show is, uh, conceived without an intermission it's just a 90 minute no intermission show okay. and the like i said you know in a nightclub setting the piano is right there mm-hmm. so when they did the scenic design they put the orchestra upstage with a partition between the band and the stage area mm-hmm. so there was no access for the audience member to get to the piano so we had to bring on a little electronic piano uh at intermission yeah uh, the intermission we created mm-hmm. uh, and also in the original company the the guys who created it were creating it to the talents of the folks they had okay. so one of their guys was a really good pianist mm-hmm. at the moment that this scene starts taking place the piano player excuses himself because he's got to take his union break I see. Okay. <laughs> so the guy that played sparky yeah. Uh, goes to the piano and starts playing a bit of the Grieg piano concerto and then starts playing Heart and Soul. Mm-hmm. And then the guys, so he plays the whole thing while that scene is going on. Mm-hmm. And so none of our guys felt comfortable doing that. Okay. So we decided, well, 
we'll just have Jonathan will leave the orchestra pit and come around. Mm. But we needed to fill that time. Yeah. So I created the little dialogue before that's my writing. Okay. So love it or hate it, it's my writing. And the guys are zhuzhing that a little bit, so it's it's getting better. Um, so that they can get Jonathan around, because yeah. it takes him a while to walk around to get to the piano. So then he takes over from there. Yeah. But yeah, it's we were worried about are we gonna get people to volunteer? Mm-hmm. The guys again, uh, their their ability to kind of just kind of uh, ad lib and coerce. Yeah. Uh, they've been able to even on two nights when the volunteer wasn't uh, Hannah uh, coined a word voluntold. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, for these for these poor folks that yeah. end up having to to come up on stage, but they have a good time. I think once they're there, I do too. Yes, and I, mm-hmm. and the audience eats it up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just it's so much fun. Well, I didn't know that you kind of wrote that little portion in yeah. between to get Jonathan around. Yeah. That was so well done because I couldn't Thank tell you. the difference yeah. between the two writing styles. Um, but I, when I found out that there was that portion in the show, I thought to myself, "Well, I want to walk up there and I want to be the one to like play." Right. But then my stage fright got, and so when I was there for preview night, I was taking photos. So I should have. I was working anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's so great to see that, like, had I gone up there and anything had been flubbed or I had messed up, that everybody up there knew what to do they were yeah. ready and prepared that if somebody didn't know how to play the piano jonathan would take over absolutely yeah. and then the to hear the entire audience like cheering you on like they yeah. they want you to succeed as yeah. much as you want absolutely. to succeed yeah it's it's a wonderful like community like it's a good point to make that that very thing mm-hmm. because we're living in a time when theater attendance is way down we still haven't recovered from covid completely mm-hmm. And, you know, theater is, it's just one of those things, like arts event you go to the, where there's an audience. Mm-hmm. It is a chance to collectively come together and, and commune with our fellow human beings mm-hmm. and, and, you know, not be isolated, which we're, you know, we're getting, it's dangerous. We're all becoming a little too isolated in our own little worlds and it's very easy to do. I completely agree. And, and theater is such a wonderful opportunity to come together with people. Mm -hmm. And then in something like this, where, you know, you actually bring a person from the audience into the, into the show. Exactly. And then the audience, they sort of become her, mm-hmm. you know, in, in that moment. So it's it's just, it's so, so wonderful. And I want everybody to experience that. I so. think everybody should. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in this time with more isolation. And we just got uh, reviewed by the Houston Press and they yes. were talking. It was, I, I think it was great. It was great. Uh, they were talking about uh, how it's a, a quiet kind of joy. It's a soft, yeah. Yeah. nostalgic kind oh, of joy. yes. And I tell you, you will not, if you... I cannot imagine the cynical person that could come see this show and not love these guys. Yeah. It's just, I just can't imagine mm-hmm. because it's just so dear. That's the best word for it. It's a very dear show. Mm-hmm. It's all heart. Yes. And um, it's a good time. And these singers, I wish we could do a cast album. because You've I said it multiple times. I just don't think you're going to find four better singers for this show anywhere. 
Have we moved? Do you know it? Can we move forward in that regard in any sense? I don't or? know. Okay. That's not my call. I see. That's, I see. Got, we got to find someone with the okay. bucks. No. Say, okay. Okay. Know. I see. Because I've heard you mention it before, and yeah. I've heard you mention it to our our, our producer and our artistic yes, director yeah. and everybody. So I wanted to see if there was if we've moved in anyway. I uh, you know I think we should too. I definitely I think it'd be a good call. I think so too, and and it would be great too. Uh, I mean, anyone listening that might want to help out in this uh, No, of course, cause, please. Uh, please uh, let the theater know because it would be a great device to help raise money for the theater. They could sell the CDs in the lobby mm-hmm. and raise money for 80 players, which would be great. That's a great idea. I think so. Most definitely. So we've talked about Forever Plaid in the show in and of itself. I want to get your take on working with 80 players. Well, I've I've... This is my third show. Okay. I did uh, It's a Wonderful Life was my first show with them uh, three, four, five years ago. I don't know. Time has collapsed. Yeah. So, no, exactly. 2020 uh, doesn't exist. It just. <laughs> and so that was my first experience getting to work with, with 80 players. And it was just I, everybody involved was like, oh, I want to come back and work here all the time. Because yeah. it's just a great atmosphere to work in the people are all just so supportive and loving mm-hmm. i'm all i'm a very visual person mm-hmm. uh the set that uh they created it was magical mm-hmm. and you know it was a christmas time and it's a wonderful life and ah uh, yeah exactly it was just so great um and then last year i was in sound of music mm-hmm. and i gotta tell you i've never enjoyed the stage version of Sound of Music, particularly. Really? Okay. Because um, the movie's just so iconic. Oh, it's, yes. And it's a better script. Okay. Just, <laughs> there's really no way around that. It's a better yeah. script. You've heard it here first. <laughs> and, uh, but I tell you what, the production that 80 Players put together last year had everybody saying, I've never enjoyed this mu- musical this much. Mm-hmm. So it was great, you know, to get to, and Brad uh, Gertz, who's in Forever Plaid, was mm-hmm. the Captain Von Trapp. Oh, amazing. In, okay. In Sound of Music. I mean, who wouldn't want to work here? Yeah. It's it's just, it's a joyful place to be. Well, I just imagine since you, I, I, I think the Houston Chronicle, I'm going to misrepresent the quote, but you've been all around Houston. And what's the, the Houston theater scene like? I hear it's a very small community. It, only being in this place for five months, right. I'm already hearing, oh, they've done this and I know them from here and they've right. done so right. it's Well, it's, it's, a, it's a bigger community than you think. Okay. But it's got a very small community feel because everybody knows each other. Mm-hmm. They just changed the vernacular and it's i'm like the community leader person i don't know it's okay. very confusing we'll put your title in the video yeah, we'll just yeah. I'll, I'll if i can it find out. it exactly <laughs> it's, uh, i get lost every time i try to reference <laughs> start it. looking down the but hall. we used to every year when we were still liaison cities mm-hmm. uh we would have a big membership meeting mm-hmm. and doug carfrey who's the western regional vice president always would note he said this is my favorite city to come to because everybody just seems to get along so well and support each other so much yeah and our last meeting which is just before the world shut down Mm -hmm. we had uh the biggest turnout percentage wise of any city in the nation oh my goodness for that meeting and that was quite a coup and people were talking about it a lot Mm -hmm. so i was i was very proud that, that that happened here so yeah it's a big community with a with a small community heart which is 
wonderful. You yeah, can ask really for anything. Is. It is more. Everybody is really there for everybody else, mm-hmm. and that's what I love about Houston. Yeah. In my university, I went to uh, Houston Christian University or Houston Baptist University yeah. before. Um, and I was originally going to go to UT Austin, but it it turned out it was just my family needed me here. But I think I made the best choice because it was just a smaller uh, university and it worked yeah. best for me. And then I think coming in here into the Christian theater, it, we're the world's leading Christian theater company. Uh, just to have that small community, I yeah. think, means so much, especially in uh, the theater world. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, the George is... Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of mid to large size, I would, you know, in terms of like the, the space. No, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a lot of terrific, genuinely small theater mm-hmm. that, that goes on in Houston too. So, yeah, we've got it all. I think it surprises people how much we've got uh, once they start kind of looking around. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's because you wouldn't say that, at least before, I didn't know that Houston was like a, a theater yeah, hub. Right. I mean, you hear Chicago and New York and all right. of these other places, right. but Houston, it sounds like it's on the up and up or it's always been here. It's just been Well, overlooked. I tell you, it's, it's really come on in the last, when I started working regularly in Houston, which is in the late 80s, mm-hmm. 1980s, I guess I have to say 1980s. No, we um, knew the yes. 80s. Yeah, that's true. I know the 80s. You, you would assume it was the 1880s. No, because, that's too yeah. long ago. And, uh, it, was a, it was a much smaller community. I see. And in the last 20 years, it's just exploded. Mm-hmm. And that's because there's been a lot of sort of entrepreneurial spirit among uh, actors who just want to produce for themselves. And I see. have created theaters. Mm-hmm. And now we've got The Match Midtown, which is a place where if you've got a project you're passionate about and you want to produce, you can produce your own show. It's, oh, you I did not know the, about that. Yeah, I mean, you got to get the money together no, to do it. Yeah. So yeah, it's Houston's a great city for anyone that really wants to do it for themselves. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, very much. So completely changing gears. Yes. I hear that you have a YouTube channel called car takes with yes yes deborah, deborah hope and i okay started this year and a half ago i see uh car takes with deborah and joel mm-hmm. press coverage in houston on theater has gotten so bad mm. it used to be really good Reese, uh the chronicle was very good about covering everything uh when i first started working here we also had the houston post so we had two major p- papers that covered theater yes. regularly mm-hmm. and and a lot of that was what I call passive uh, advertisement. You know, if you got a paper delivered to your house every day and you, you know, had it open on, on the table or whatever, and you might just see a picture of mm-hmm. a show and it might intrigue you yeah, to look into it. Mm-hmm. We don't have that anymore. I and see. And even online, you almost have to specifically search for something mm-hmm. to find it. And And you really have to do that with mine and Deborah's. YouTube channel too, but it's we wanted to do something because we just wanted to get people out to the theater. Mm-hmm. We are very careful to tell people we are not critics because we are actors. Yeah. And that, di- that didn't seem ethical that actors would be critics. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't want to do that anyway. We're, we're supporters of theater. Whatever we see, we will, even if we don't necessarily appreciate it completely, we always promote it Mm -hmm. and we want people to go see it because our opinion is not going to be somebody else's opinion and that happens so often because i always say this how many times have you been to see something with someone and you have completely different opinions about what you what you just saw 
100%. So neither one of us want to be the person that is going to keep someone away from seeing something they might thoroughly enjoy. Mm -hmm. So we always put a positive spin on whatever we see. I see. And fortunately, in, in, in terms of at least in terms of technical production, you know, we, we just know a lot of folks that are doing great work. Mm -hmm. Whether or not we like the actual play, it is very easy to support and promote the work that's being done mm -hmm. because it's almost always excellent. So that that was the impetus for that. And so that's been going on. We, we're kind of at a standstill right now because Deborah's doing a show at Stages. And oh, I see. Okay. So we were both just doing a present laughter at Main Street before we st I started rehearsals for this. Mm -hmm. So that kind of curtailed activity because okay. we were working on show nights. No, of course. So it's going to be interesting to see how much we're able to get out and see, but we're, we we see as much as we can, mm -hmm. and we also do movies. That's what I was going to yeah. say is because it's not just the the yeah. live theater; it's also yeah. the movie theaters. Yeah. Um, I saw one of your reviews from almost ten months ago. I I also noticed that you hadn't posted in the past month, so I'm yeah. glad that you yeah. yes. you answered that question because I was like, no, I want. I I'm, I'm intrigued now. Yeah. Now I want to yeah. see what's coming out. Um, but a couple months ago, like 10 months ago, almost a year ago at this point, I saw that you reviewed um, Secret of My Success, yes. which was actually the first like live theater performance that I had ever gone to. Oh, so wow. again, I'm not a big theater person. I was more into like cinema and film and sure. all of that kind yeah. of, but moving, getting into graduation and coming here and all of those things. And my friends being really big, like actors and musical theater people, right. they wanted me to go see Secret of My Success. And I, I was just blown away. Absolutely. Yeah. And I saw your review on it and you guys enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that it was also based off of a, a movie. movie. Oh, yeah. The movie's great. You yeah. See, yeah. Yeah. So but I also heard that Jonathan Kraft worked on that uh, performance as well or is that show as well. Right. Right. That's again, like what a, what a small yeah, world yeah. that this is. Well, and I tell you, uh, in terms of uh, music directors, mm -hmm. there are four that I can name off the top of my head mm -hmm. and you will see their names everywhere because they're the best. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan is, he's still kind of a newbie. He's been around for a while now. Okay. But uh, everyone in the world should work with Jonathan mm -hmm. because he is... Well, for one thing, he's just a dear, dear human being. Yes, yeah, so sweet. So sweet. Absolutely. And, uh, and he's so meticulous and so thorough. Mm -hmm. And he got these guys, my, my plaids, mm -hmm. so prepared, even before first rehearsal. Mm -hmm. He took the time to do what is called a plunk track for each one of them, which is where he would play out the individual line okay. for each one of the songs for each character wow okay and put those in a file sent each one of the guys their musical lines mm -hmm. so they could get up on that before the first rehearsal wow. so at the first rehearsal when they sat down and started singing it's like they sound like they've been singing together forever so they were already in the zone yeah um so yeah jonathan if you are looking for a music theater director out there you want jonathan Kraft. good to know yes Rapid fire questions. Yes. If you could, so in the show Forever Plaid, at yes. one point, uh, I, I don't remember the character's name, but he comes out with a suitcase and he's like, you know that you can actually take one suitcase with you right. when you go. Yeah. What would be in your one suitcase? Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's very, very difficult. Um, I would say pictures of my family. Okay. Uh, pictures of my dog that 
passed away seven years ago or eight years ago now. Um, that's very difficult. It is. Yeah. I know. Well, uh, because you would imagine you wouldn't need anything else right. when you yes. go. Yes, exactly. So exactly. What, yes. you, yeah. what yeah. are the things that you can't, that wouldn't already be yeah. provided for you? I Maybe uh, queso and chips or, yeah, they, you know, <laughs> I. Your favorite food? Yeah. 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 Uh, but that's difficult. I mean, music, uh, I don't know, you know. Uh, I would think they would have something beyond streaming in heaven. So, yeah. I, you know, I just, you know, I don't know that I would need to take that. Yeah. But I might have some spare albums that I could put, throw in there just so I could have the covers like, no, like, of course. Uh, like Smudge has. I think I would. Yeah, I think photos are yeah. a big one for me. I, I, I'm very much a, a maximalist is how I say. So I collect a lot of like yeah. tiny knickknacks right. and things like that. Um, definitely photos, definitely artwork, I think would yeah. would yeah. be what I would bring with me. Yeah. And I would hope everything else would be there. I would hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In the show, like we have Jinx who gets nosebleeds and our other, I think it's um, not Sparky. Uh, is it Smudge who has needs the inhaler or Frankie? Who no, needs, that's Frankie. Frankie yeah. who needs the inhaler. Yeah. Um, what is your biggest mishap on stage oh my oh you'd be any any time for you for performing yes oh dear. have you ever had a nosebleed on stage i've never or? had a nosebleed on stage i've had um i've got a whole series on my personal youtube page i see uh of what i call theater bloopers okay and the 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 grand poobah of all of them we were doing uh shakespeare's king john and i was playing king john and we did this at Miller Outdoor Theater, mm -hmm. which is a ginormous stage, huge proscenium. And it's a large expanse to walk. And in this particular scene, um, King John is begrudgingly going uh, to relinquish his crown to the legate of the Pope to be recrowned re under the auspices of the Catholic Church so mm -hmm. that you know he would be legitimate. Yes. And he was doing it only because he was trying to save his neck. Okay. That was the only reason. So it's, yeah. But essentially, it's a scene about a crown. And Ruddy Cravens, who had directed that play, had set up this beautiful, beautiful scenario where I had this long cape mm -hmm. on and, and I would come on and it was like an Agnus Day or a boy soprano singing in the background. And so it was gorgeous mm -hmm. and a very slow majestic cross i see to my friend kent who was playing the legate mm -hmm. waiting for me to relinquish my crown <laughs> so this one night mm -hmm. i make this long slow cross and get to kent and reach up i'm scared <laughs> and there's no crown on my head. <gasps> oh my gosh no there's no crown on my head i had forgotten to put the crown oh. on my head and the only reason I can I, I I give myself this as as my excuse mm -hmm. is that you know you you're mic'd for mm -hmm. the for the stage out there. Mm -hmm. So I was feeling that mic wire around my head. So I felt like there was something, something there, there. Mm. and it just didn't even dawn on me until I got there. So I turned very slowly, yeah, <laughs> and went back off stage and started frantically. You know, everybody's, where's this crown? Where's the crown? Yeah. And so they handed me another character who was wearing a crown, mm -hmm. handed me his crown. So I put that crown, went back to do my entrance, and then noticed that uh, John Smetak, who was playing an attendant, had found my crown. He was on stage with it. 
So I threw off the crown they had given oh, me. Oh my goodness. Made the long slow cross back out there. No. Yeah. It was it was a thing. Oh my goodness. And Ruddy, uh, the director, was there that night. And of course I was mortified. I was mortified. Oh. And after the show was over, I was I went up and I apologized. And he said, Oh, Joel, he said that was the funniest thing I've ever no, seen. Oh, yeah, on the exactly. Because <laughs> he knew. Mm-hmm. Now the rest of the audience knew that it that wasn't I, mm-hmm. exactly. So he knew that I didn't know I had the, I didn't have the crown on. So he knew that once I went up to find it, no, and it wasn't there. The second, no, a second, yeah. you walked out and they saw. He was like, yeah. "Oh, this yeah. is. Let's yeah. see what happens yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> How are we gonna fix this one?" But that's that's. Uh, oh Lord, that was that was one I didn't think I'd ever get over. Yeah. So, yeah. How are you feeling about it now? Are you? Does I, it still well, hurt? Clearly, I've owned it. Okay. Well, know? of course, you have yes. to own it at yes. some point and take yeah. your slice. Does yeah. it still hurt to talk about it? No, okay. it's 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 that's uh, good. I didn't want to cause you any pain. <laughs> it, I it's it's a bemused uh, no, of course place that I've come to. So yes, amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on this episode. Oh, my um, pleasure. Is there anything else that you would like to plug that you'd like to talk about forever, Plaid, or what are you working on next? Um, well, I'm doing a um, cabaret show at Ovations on October second. Okay, called Switcheroo, where the Guys sing women's songs and the women sing guys' songs. It's sort of like uh, uh, Broadway backwards, mm-hmm. which, which they, they do in New York. So we're doing that on the second. And after that, there's nothing. If anyone's got a job, I'm open. Perfect. Um, <laughs> but otherwise, just come see Forever Plaid because it is the best time you'll have this year. It will leave you feeling so happy. And your ears will be so joyful after hearing these guys sing because I will be here as many nights as I could be here. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's the only thing that I'm upset about with when our in our promotions is that we can't actually put any and any in any of the music. I know. And so it's like that's the the main that's selling, the point. selling point. It is yeah. that it is ninety percent of the show. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's also comedy and, and joy yeah. and love yeah. and everything. Yeah. But no, most definitely. Everybody who if you have the time, come see it. Absolutely. It'll community, love, joy. It'll leave you. Yes. And spread the word. Please. Yes. yes. Tell your friends. Uh, well, amazing. This has been by George, an 80 players podcast at the George Theater. I'm Miranda. And I'm Joel Sandell. And we will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This has been by George, an 80 players at the George Theater podcast, hosted and produced by Miranda Zapes. Listen anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Instagram at ByGeorgeTheater. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And by George, we'll see y'all next time. 1960. I just wow. turned 63 back or last week. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. My dad was born in uh, 1958. And so okay. he's, yeah, 65. So I get, I know that generation just a little bit. Yeah. That's where a lot of like my musical taste came from is right, my dad. Right. So... I completely so understand. you appreciate Forever Plaid. I love Forever Plaid. Yeah. I I did not know what to expect going into it, uh, but after going to the rehearsals and seeing the show, finally, like it was, it's it's really incredible, isn't it? I, I do. The guys are amazing. Yeah. I just I, ugh. every I, I haven't missed a show yet. Yeah. I, I I'm I'm hooked. Even though you, I mean, you've been with it for for so long, you're I already can't not see it exactly. It's it's I. I uh, Saturday, I was actually I was uh, uh, a friend of mine had uh, her memorial service was Saturday at noon. Yeah, and I was on my way back home, and I was really planning on going home. And it was sort of like there was a point where it was like there were 
the roads diverge. It's like, which way am I going? It's like, am I going to the theater? And I just couldn't not turn off to come see the show. Yeah. So, no, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That shows like that's dedication and it just shows how wonderful the show is. It is. It is. I can't oh it's so good. 